Hi guys, thank you for joining us today with um, Life Lessons with Donna and Cheryl from Now Is Your Time. And we have got an absolutely gorgeous guest again today. We've got Sandra Vakoviak, who's a friend of ours. Uh, we met Sandra a few months ago now, and then we had the pleasure of actually spending some face-to-face -face time with her down in London at a retreat we were all at a few weeks ago. Um, and Sandra, when you meet her, is one of those just beautiful people she's got such a gorgeous energy such a gorgeous yeah. vibration and literally just glows yeah so then we were really surprised the more we got to know Sandra because actually her background was very different and some of the things she'd experienced as to what you would think when you meet this yeah. gorgeous person in the flesh so we asked Sandra if she would be brave and speak out really publicly publicly for the first time around what she experienced in childhood and how that shaped her as a woman and what her life lessons are to share with everybody and pay forward so welcome Sandra thank you for having me ladies I'm very excited to be on the podcast with you and yeah I'm happy to to share my story and yeah as I said it's also like a, a huge step for me just mm. uh, talking about this about uh, yeah it's um, definitely a wonderful thing to do for me and like um, give others hope and motivate inspire others um, through sharing my story so thank you very much thank you for coming yes, thank you yes. Cheryl and I always say one of the bravest things is being vulnerable but it takes it to a whole new level when you put that vulnerability out in a public space so yeah. thank you because we know how much courage it takes we've been very public about some of the things that have happened to us and whilst it's really hard actually it gets easier and it, it's like a sense of relief that comes yeah. with it so I'm hoping that that helps you move on today so so talk to us then Sandra do you want to tell um everyone who's listening to us just a little bit about where your story started and where things started to change for you when you were young yeah so originally I was born in Poland and but we let's say when I was little, two or three years old we moved to Germany and it was me and the, like the whole family and uh, well at, at that age I wasn't able to to realize what was going on uh, around me but let's say at a age at four five six I started to realize that things in my family are going kind of I don't want to say wrong because at that moment I didn't realize that it's wrong I just realized okay something is different and I think we all have this this inner feeling our intuition telling us that things aren't going the right way so mm -hmm. I experienced like or I was growing up let's say like this with a kind of abusive father um, who kind of uh, yeah kind of treated my mom very bad in a very violent way and uh, it we had weekends when like police was always there and he got had, he had that issue also where um, being kind of addicted to alcohol so whenever he got drunk he got this aggressive attitude and uh, when my mom also like tried to <clears throat> get divorced and all that stuff and let's say kicked him out um, it was always like the same thing whenever he got drunk he like he came to our house he didn't ring the bell or he didn't knock the door he just like rigidly kicked the door and just open it and it, it was like a me and my brother and my mother so um and my brother, he's five years older. So he was always, he, at that time, he was at the age of, let's say, 10, 11, 12. So I've seen my brother trying to protect my mom and his little sister. And um, yeah, so also like the roles in our family completely changed. And I think we all had some, uh, had the struggles now to deal with it. And then for me, of course, I was kind of the little girl I always tried to hide in the smallest corner of our apartments but um, 
when I talk about it now, I still feel the fear and the anxiety I had in that moment. And I was hiding from a person I was actually loving. It was my own father. So I think this is like a difficult thing to, to deal with for a child. Uh, like when you're having your dad, which it's, it's your family, it's, it's your dad, you, you love him. He was like carrying you around when you were a little girl. But then he has this other side, I would say. And um, so this is what was like going around for quite some time. And then my mom finally managed to kind of, let's say, get rid of him. And um, we also decided as children that, that we don't want to be in touch with him. So since that time, I've also never spoken to him. Um, so we don't have any contacts. I know that he got his own new family and stuff, but um, through that time, um, for me, it was like when once he was gone, I think life started to to feel normal again. Um, the challenges started when I was going more into the woman role, becoming like a young adult. When you suddenly you're like get interested into men and all that stuff. And uh, th those were the first, first moments when I started to realize, okay, why do I put myself always last? And why do I feel so not worthy of being loved? You know, it's like once I was, because your father is the first male person you have in, as, as a little child, it's like, you know, your parents are like a role model when it comes to relationships and love. Yeah. And then I just started to figure out, okay, it's not that I'm seeing myself kind of equal with the relationship I'm in. I always thought I have to do more to be loved. I felt like not being worthy. I felt like I've always been kind of weaker. And um, I don't know, this feeling of guilt came up in me. And this is when I started kind of to reflect what is going on with me and inside of me. Mm -hmm. and, so, yeah, Sandra, you know, just take us back then. So when did you first realize that what you'd gone through was quite extreme in terms of the violence and the drinking and what you'd witnessed as a child? When did you realize that that's not everybody's experience? Um, well, it's, it's, it's a good question, but on the one side, also difficult to answer. But I think it might be the time when I was um, going into school. So you get a feeling how other families work. So other children, maybe they get picked up by mom and dad. And for me, it was always um, after school, I went to, oh, I'm quite not sure how you call it, but you know, it's not like a kindergarten. It's this place where you go after school. Yeah, like after so, school. Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't that. So this was also like one thing because my mom, she was alone with us. So she, of course, she had to work and she had to cover in case someone is looking after us. So those were the things when I was said, okay, but I want to be with my mom, but she cannot be there. And my dad is also not there. And so those were the moments when I had a kind of comparison, how other families work and how my family is kind of dealing with things. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever we had also the situations when my dad was coming back and he was kind of uh, maybe drunk and just trying to get into the house, my mom always called my auntie and she always picked me up. So my mom tried to protect me by get, putting me out of the situation 
and that so I always like I always <clears throat> saw only the beginning of the situation that is going on and then there was like the police and stuff I this is what I also kind of noticed but then my aunt was always there to pick me up and I stayed with my aunt and my cousin so I think I was in that moment uh, my mom did the right thing to protect me um, so when you would also see my brother and maybe would see me you would see a completely different my brother is still kind of struggling with being confident he never had this um, kind of role model his own dad he could look up to mm. he kind of never had someone like who kind of lead him through life so I had my mom so I think this was a, a very good thing for me how yeah. to um, kind of get on the right path as yeah. well mm. and what, what was it like so you talked about little Sandra the inner child and you, you said that you you know, you, you'd hide in corners of the house and even now when you're talking about it you still can get that Sense anxiety fear, yeah. and fear so just try to describe for us what that was like living in well I would say permanent fear. fear I don't know if it was permanent but living in fear as a child it's um for sure not easy it's difficult to describe it's on the one side as I said you have this feeling of not being worthy um you have kind of this lack of love it's um, you see like other happy families. And of course, we always tend to compare. Mm -hmm. Also, when we are like a, like a little child or a little girl, it was like um, on the one side, you, you, I felt very guilty yeah. um, because like we, when things are going wrong, it's like we always feel like it's our fault. And I had this feeling of guilt. This is what I had for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And because we always think, oh, I have done something wrong because daddy is angry and he's has trouble with mom so it's this huge feeling of being guilty then on the one side it was also combined like being uh, kind of ashamed yeah. so I don't want to say I'm feeling ashamed of my roots but in the moment when you are surrounded by all the happy families or at least happy families that seem to happy, be happy on the outside because this is what we're saying like mm -hmm. you saw me and you thought okay it's like you would never maybe thought about having um, that I might have me, uh, another story, but um, we feel ashamed of what, what is happening to us. We, we are kind of um, worried to talk about it and uh, it's, it raises this kind of insecurity. And also um, when I grow up and became a little bit older, it was this feeling of, okay, I don't have like, uh, I was taken away this having this uh, birthright of being happy and having a fulfilling life. So things seem so unfair. Yeah. And, and because in that young age, you really have no idea how to deal with it because you don't understand what is going on there. And yeah. so it's like all this more negative feelings and emotions, this are like growing up and on the one side, they become your habit. And I think this is the worst part about it, that you get used to these things and, um, uh, then you try to work around. And I think this was the difficulty also for my mother. Like yeah. she got used to all of this and she always had hope and that, but it's, it's the father of my children. I need to give him like another chance. Yeah. And this is how people get stuck in this situation and they don't get out. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we found a solution and a way out in the end. But this is, I think mainly how, how it feels like, being ashamed, feeling guilty, not worthy, not being loved, and yeah, just unfair. Yeah, and it's crazy, isn't it, that as the child in that situation, when you haven't done anything to invoke or to aggravate or to ask for that kind of behavior from the grown-ups, that mm -hmm. we're the ones that feel, you were the one that felt the guilt and the shame mm. and the, 
you know, worrying that you've done something somehow to... Mm -hmm. Do you think even now as an adult, you recognize that none of that was your fault or there is still sometimes feelings of guilt associated with what you experienced? I think I'm, I'm in a very good state now where I can say that I let go of feeling guilty. Um, also through like my coaching profession, of course, you learn a lot about yourself. And as I said, once I started to fall in love with men, I started and I felt this feeling of, or oh, I'm not worthy. Well, I, this is when I started also to started to work on myself and to reflect myself. So I realized very early that I was defining myself through my results at school through everything that was happening on the outside Absolutely, so yeah. because this is how I survived like I would say like as a youngster or like uh, as a teenager because I just tried to have good results at school I used I tried to be the best at sports mm -hmm. and uh, it was always like so I never wanted to fail because this is how I built up my confidence so people thought I'm confident and I was doing this until I think my mid-20s also within my job with my studies when, or when doing my uh, when doing high school and then there was some point in my life where I just thought okay what is going on in, in here so it's like I was so focused on the outside that I at some point arrived at this place where I said okay this is not what is inside of me my outside or the inside does not match my outside world. Mm -hmm. And this is then when I realized, okay, this is not the right way to do it. I want to be me. I want to be unapologetically me. And then I also, I think, so it's maybe just happened two or three years ago when I really realized that I can let go of the feelings I, had, I was still carrying with me. And I said, no, this is not my fault. Um, this is just like a kind of pattern that is like in the family. So I was talking to my mom and saying, okay, what was going on in my dad's family? Mm -hmm. And then she just told me, well, it was a similar situation. Mm -hmm. So I, this was also something where I could forgive my dad because I just thought, okay, he was born in a difficult situation as well. So mm -hmm. I just... I just then decided, okay, so it's my mission now to break those patterns and those habits. And when I will have my own family, they will get all my love and I will make sure that nothing like this never happens to them. And I don't want to like, you know, carry on these patterns and habits through my family that my father experienced. And maybe his dad experienced similar things. So when you then look at the bigger picture and you, you, find, uh, you try to find like the explanation, okay, but wh what is the reason he did this? Yeah. So it's not, of course, he's, he still has his own responsibility, but I think it's not the right thing to blame him. Yeah. I think um, he's, uh, his life was maybe also that nice in the end. So I really don't want to blame him and I'm, I'm wishing him like all the best and yeah. sending him lots of love, although I'm not in touch with him. Mm -hmm. um, but this was really the moment like when I finally could let go of what was going on inside of me. But of course, there are still moments when there are like maybe similar situations when maybe I'm out on the weekends seeing people that are drunk and aggressive. I get very in a very kind of protective mood uh, and or protective mode. And I try to protect my friends and say, okay, let's get out of here. I don't like this situation. Because yeah. mm -hmm. that must make you feel really anxious. Trigger. And, yeah. It must trigger the same response. Even though it's yeah. a different situation, it's triggering that same response within you. Yeah. Which in some level, will, which will protect you. And then on other levels, when it isn't actually a dangerous situation, it's because in your undue stress, stress. and anxiety, yeah. 
um, which is understandable. So that's interesting because I was going to ask about school when you talked about, you, actually it went the other way. So at school you said you worked really hard, you got good grades. So I suppose that worked in your favor at some level. Yeah, um, yeah of course. So this is what I always say also, it's, it's so interesting because some people, they say, oh, when you are like growing up in this and that kind of family, so you're not able to become someone. And it, this is the interesting thing then, because I always saw my mom as a huge fighter, as a huge warrior. She wasn't only a survivor. So this situation also made her such a wonderful role model for me because I saw how strong she is and how she, how she dealt with everything, like taking care of her children, working and like raising us very well. And um, she was always trying her best. So until today, she is like uh, the best mom ever. And she is sacrificing a lot of her life. Um, or she also sacrificed a lot of her life to make things possible for us and that we were able to grow up as normal as possible. And But of course, she cannot replace a father. She cannot be both. Yeah. So, um, but this is also what uh, think, uh, fact that she knows and I'm not blaming her for anything. It's just like, things were difficult and we had to accept it and then I also said well on the one side today I'm grateful for the the things that happened because this is why I am who I am and maybe also where I am yeah. at this stage so um it's uh being as I said accepting what was um let it go in love um also like maybe practice some kind of forgiveness and then um just grow out of this situation and grow beyond so um and I think so. Therefore, my mom, she was, or in that situation, she was uh, a great role model and she did a super job. And um, yeah. I love that you see your mom as a warrior. A warrior. I love a warrior, that. I love not that. a victim. A warrior. Warrior. Not, a, I'm right. I love yes. that. Warrior. Even role model, you know, but the, mm, the term no, warrior, warrior not I would love for my daughter to call me a warrior. Oh, warrior. That's, that's, I love you, that's how you see her, yeah, that's what's yeah. special about it. Yeah, yeah. So it, when you were having these relationships, when you first started entering kind of romantic relationships with the boys, mm -hmm. you're very pretty, I bet there was a queue of boys, but how did that pan out for you then? Did you find the patterns repeating where you were with people that didn't treat you particularly well, or did you just kind of go the other way and avoid them like the plague? How did that work? Yeah, so it's also an interesting thing because I was never that I was doing like everything all like the boys said to me. I was a strong and uh, individual person and I had my energy and my, I had my power. And uh, as I said, I was, having, I was having great results on the outside world in my life, but they didn't know about like my fears or maybe the, the insecurity inside of me. But uh, finally, um, what it means like finally, it was interesting that I w always was attracted to the man that had kind of similar characteristics characteristics to my father so mm -hmm. they were maybe a bit louder they liked to partying and get drunk mm -hmm. they were like um maybe more like playing with girls and using girls but not really respecting a woman as what she is mm -hmm. um and so this is what also like kind of triggered this feeling okay this is what i'm used to this is what what was the kind of picture I had of my family and so then I, after some time I just realized oh my oh my god it's just so clear in front of me I'm not realizing it and this was also the moment when I just said okay I'm tired of dating I'm tired of all the men who are like 
uh, treating girls like uh, maybe we're just, <clears throat> yeah, something to play with that are kind of not respecting my feelings, my emotions. And as I said, I wanted to get rid of this feeling of feeling not worthy. And then because this is what they kind of reflected me because they, of course, on the one side, they took me serious. We had a relationship. And then on the other side, it was like, well, they, as I said, the other things might be more important than the relationship with me. And the yeah. funny thing is once I left them, so in the beginning, I was always the one that ended the relationship. And then it totally switched. They were, said, they were like, they wanted me to come back. And then I just said, yeah, but you didn't respect me. You didn't treat me like you should have treated me. And I felt like you're not loving me and I have to do more and more yeah. that you love me. But this is not, you know, when you like try to, keep yeah. something and hold on to you then, then it's going away but yeah. once, once I took the decision and I said okay I'm out of this mm -hmm. then the situation turned so this was always very interesting to see but it was mainly the the really the the part where I just felt I need to do more and I am not enough as a person yeah. um, to be loved and I thought I have to be I don't know I have to have the the nicest clothes I have to have the nicest car the best apartment the best job you know all this superficial things I was focused on because I was afraid of dealing with my inside yeah it's all so, like external validation isn't it yeah like and I see it a lot also nowadays how girls try to be the yeah. prettiest and all that stuff and I'm so happy that I got uh, got out of this um, yeah. this kind of system where you just feel okay yeah. you're defining yourself on what is on the outside and then I started to kind of coach myself and um, to to see that um, to how shall I say to to to, de to define my my inner values what I have to give and to define me as a human being. So if I'm stay, standing there naked, who am I and what do I have to give? And like trying to accept that this is enough to be loved, that I am worthy the way I am. So this is the challenge I was then trying to, to go through and not, and, and yeah, I also got rid of my car and my apartment and all that stuff. I, I became so minimalistic the last three years because I just, I just felt it's also wrong. I have all this stuff at home. I don't need because it's only makes you happy for a short period of time. Yeah. It's, it's not long lasting. And I wanted to, to find that self love inside of me that is long lasting for the rest of my life. Which I is amazing. That. And now you're using that yeah. as part of your role, aren't you? So now you're, you're, you've become a coach and do you want to share what you're now doing with all of that powerful stuff? Yes. So um, it's, uh, I am really, let's say, became such a free spirit and uh, with my story, with what I'm doing, it's, uh, it's a huge mission for me because I know there are so many people out there having stories or maybe let's say sad stories they're not sharing and it, of course as we said before on the one side it's showing up that we're allowed to be vulnerable if also when we show up in in public we don't always have to be the strong person or when we show vulnerability it doesn't mean we are kind of weak it's just mean we have a story and this is where we come from but um, as I said this is something that doesn't define us so I'm really through my coaching I really want to um, support uh, well most of all like women that um, and make them realize that they can transform from the inside out to whatever 
or whoever they want to be and whatever they want to create in their life. I'm a huge fan of the freedom lifestyle. I enjoy myself as well. So working a location independent, being free and being unapologetically me. So yeah. this is what I, what I stand for and to really encourage people uh, and give them hope that um, it doesn't matter what happened to them and what people have done to them. They should, when they look back, always realize how much power they already had mm -hmm. to get where they are yeah. and not always think, oh, I have to give more and more. We are enough the way we are and we have so much power and this inner force is inside of us. And I truly believe that this is enough to, to get where you want and become who you want to be. And um, yeah, as I said, accept the past as it is, accept what happened. We cannot change it. And uh, it's about where you are going. And this is what we should celebrate, like looking forward and becoming who we want to be. Wow. So, so if there was a, a woman now, so two questions for you. If there's a woman now who sat at home, she's listening to your podcast and she has a young family and she's living in fear of a man who isn't, or a partner who isn't treating her with respect is being whether it's physically or mentally abusive what would you as the little girl who can't speak for herself in that house as a grown-up girl now what would you say to that that mom that warrior what would i say well that's a good question because on the one side i believe that um because we always talk about karma and a lot of law of attraction and what we send out comes back to us. So this is what I also said to my mom, uh, mom, you, you should have been more confident. You should have been, although you are a warrior in this situations, you, you should have left this man earlier or like being a lot more stronger, stand in for your family and your children. So because I felt my mom was full of insecurity as well. Mm -hmm. And she was maybe also because of this insecurity, she was also not like respecting herself. Mm -hmm. So this is what she was sending to the outside. Mm -hmm. And then this came back through my dad. So you know what I mean? It's like she almost attracted it without consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is like when our unconscious mind, what is inside of us, this is what we attract. And I talk with her about this a lot. So I would really tell uh, maybe that woman that she should really reflect herself and then maybe see, okay, where does this come from? Uh, where is something where I can maybe do something about me? Because it's so difficult to change someone else. Mm -hmm. I told my mom, we, we, there was no way we could have changed that. Yeah. This, was, this, was, this is his thing. This is his uh, how shall I say this, uh, his thing to, to, to um, find a solution for. He has to solve this, this issue he has on his own. We cannot like kind of, um, kind, of, kind of rescue him. So I would tell him, okay, like reflect yourself. Okay, what can you do about yourself? What can you improve? How you can deal better with the situation and be like, be there for your children? Because I think lots of people underestimate the... Um, impact such a situation has on children mm -hmm. and we get triggered and like in our early ages like really a lot so yeah. it's like this is when our habits and patterns like kind of develop and when this is what someone is surrounded with in this environment it's very important to reflect yourself what can you do about yourself and then of course how can you get maybe out of this situation in the best possible way but without being aggressive violent and whatever like trying to create a place of harmony Mm -hmm. and um, where things are seem quite normal and also like talk to your children yeah. yeah listen to them because I think this was well I cannot remember but I'm sure that 
I was talking to my mom and my mom, of course, she was talking to me, but like really being very clear because for example, when we went to the lawyer and stuff, they didn't believe me what I said. They thought my mom was telling me all that stuff. So it was, yeah, because they said, okay, this is a little girl. This is what she is saying. This cannot be true. So it was like a weird situation also for our family because they thought, okay, we are telling them some kind of weird stories, what happened with me and all that stuff because my father treated me in a kind of abusive way, not in a violent way. And they just said, oh no, it's, she's not telling the truth. She's too small. Maybe she has just kind created some fantasy. So, so it was, it's a weird thing, but of course it's like uh, 25 years ago. So situations were different. So what would you say, my second question then is, what would your life lesson be or what would you share with um, a child who's gone through that, who's perhaps older now and is finding themselves in those same patterns of behaviour um, that they, they're not breaking the cycle? It's a woman or a man who's living through the same pattern that they grew up with. What would your like, lesson be on how to break free from that? Um, first of all like trying to listen to their inner voice so really um, defining and naming what is really happening inside of them so like for me it was like defining okay I'm not that confident I'm feeling not worthy I have a huge lack of self-love so we can let's say disempower our fears and the negative energies once we define them and we name them mm -hmm. so this helped me as well in the beginning when I when I felt okay I'm kind of different something's wrong why do I want to be someone else and why uh, I don't want to be me and so really they should like discover what is inside of them what kind of fears and maybe it will help them also to find out okay where uh, where's the root of this fear where does it come from and then also like maybe doing a kind of reality check as i said i felt guilty but was i really guilty mm -hmm. and then for me it was okay no i'm not guilty this is just as i as i said i was like this um discovering the story of my father's family mm -hmm. and then this helped me to understand okay this is this was the pattern that went through the whole family. So it's not my fault, not my fault. So I stopped feeling guilty. And then really also in terms of um, having the, uh, a kind of the view or like looking into what's ahead of you, really also listening to your heart and to your inner voice. So what do you truly want? Who do you want to become? Write it down and also write down what you need to do to become that person. Or maybe something is already there. Talk to people and ask them, okay, what do you think about me? Describe me in three words. Maybe people say, or oh, you're such a loving and a gorgeous person or whatever they want to be. And maybe we are already that person on the outside, but we just don't notice it because we are so lost in our thoughts and in our worries. And um, this is what I also like noticed a lot on my path. Like there were all these people coming to me and they said, Sandra, you're so inspiring. I love listening to you and this and that. And then I just said, okay, maybe there is something about me that is maybe good about me. Maybe that's I'm, the truth. I'm telling myself that <laughs> yeah. I'm this other person. Mm -hmm. So really defining your feelings. Yeah really challenging whether or not that thing that you're feeling or telling yourself like guilt that I'm guilty yeah. or that I'm ashamed whether or not that's true yeah and then finding and identifying who you want to be yeah yeah, yeah. and just maybe accepting the fact that as I yeah I think I mentioned it before like that we are enough we are the way 
uh, the way we are, we are enough and um, we have it all inside. And this is what I truly believe because it's like now I think, okay, all the certifications and degrees I have, they have nothing to do with my, my coaching profession. Yeah. I became a coach because this is like a, a, a mission that comes from my heart and like um, helping people, inspiring people to create the life they want. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we are enough and it's like, as I said, it's just me and this is all I can give, but I yeah. believe this is enough. So this is what people should believe as well. I love uh, that. If yeah. I stand there naked in front of the mirror, am I enough? And, yeah. and, and I am enough. You are enough. Yeah. yeah. And you're certainly you. enough for us. But yeah, so happy that we found you and that you came yes. into our lives too and that you're now one of our friends. So yeah. thank you so much for being brave and thank wonderful you. and sharing today, Sandra. Thank you very much. And um, maybe there's one last thing because yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a fact I'm here now. And um, although this happened to me, so this should be a reminder to all the people out there that um, we are all a living proof that we can get out of this, you know? So it doesn't matter what happened. I'm here and I'm a better and stronger version of myself. Mm. And um, yeah, that they should, yeah, never give up and have hope in what they are dreaming of. And yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure sharing the story and I feel absolutely amazing. <laughs> we know everybody's going to enjoy listening and I'm sure there'll be yeah. a lot of aha moments for a lot of people listening. Yeah. So thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome.